geek stuff in the middle of that. I don't know mm-hmm. if you want to get into hero click stuff. I don't know if you've had time for hero click stuff really. Yeah, I mean, I still I still play, but not like definitely not as much as I used to. I I, I fell off of the meta game uh, probably a year and a half or so back. Yeah. Uh, I, honestly, honestly, when I started getting more serious about Scorpio, I really fell off the hero clicks thing because one money. Yeah. Um, the meta game and hero clicks changed a lot uh, around the time when they came out with all the colossals, yeah. the new colossals, the new yeah. the newer wave like, with the uh, X Men stuff. Um, no, no, no. Uh, a little past. Well, when they came out with the colossals and um. When Carnage came out specifically. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Carnage was stupid because Carnage costs, I don't know how much money. And then um, people were running like like three, four, five of them on a, on a single team. And I was like, <laughs> this is stupid. Like, this is I, – I, I, honestly, every game has a meta. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was dealing with the meta for a while, but after a while, the meta gets just too stupid. And then, right. and then, and then the tank. And then Lockjaw. And I was just like, this is stupid. This is, and then it was to the point where it was only accessible to the people who played and won on a, on a regular basis right. where you had to pay ridiculous amounts. It was just, it was just getting stupid. Yeah. Hey, have you ever wondered what it would be like to have a conversation about geek topics, pop culture topics, hot topics, or different things like that? You ever thought about what it would be like to have group of people you could talk to about these things and engage well guess what now you have a chance to do that thank you for joining us on this trip and welcome to conversations about dot 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 i hope you enjoy Hey guys, before we get this started, I just want to let you know about one of our sponsors today, Poddex. They are the hottest, newest tool out there for podcasters everywhere that are looking to have more meaningful conversations or to gamify their podcast. Simply shuffle up the deck, ask a question, let the content roll. So you you want to get in on this? It's real simple. You can get your Poddex today by going to poddex.com and using the code Join the Conversation for 10% off your order. Now enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, this is Will. I am the host of Conversations About Dot, 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 and I get the awesome opportunity today to interview Mr. John Robinson IV. I'll make sure I say that all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, he is an awesome person that I've gotten to know over the years. Uh, I've met him originally through Hero Clicks um, and things like that, just talking to different things like that, just chopping it up about that. And, I mean, come on, man. Superheroes are little plastic collectible things. I mean, you can't, can't, uh, <laughs> can't get mad at that at all. But then uh, over time, he started developing a thing called Scorpion, which is an independent comic book he's been doing. I believe he's gotten up to issue two out, working on issue three. Am I correct? Yep, yep. Yep, issue I, three is in production. I still owe you that cover because I told you a long time ago I was going to try to work on a cover for you for something. So just, you know, let me know when you... Oh, word. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I it way back then, it's like I hadn't got up, but, you know, we're, we're both out here trying to hustle these independent comic books, man. Right, so, right. Uh, me through Amazon, you through the different means you're going through. But then he also started doing a, a podcast called Breaking the Fourth Wall, talking about ways to deal with writer's block mm-hmm. and things like that. Talking with writers, talking with creators and things. And then also most recently started the Green Lantern podcast because mm-hmm. is it uh, is a Cartoon Network that's going to be doing that show? Um, no, no. That's, so Green Green Lantern is is no, it's HBO actually. HBO it's, plus okay. HBO Max HBO Max. So um, yeah, yeah. Th- there's a DC TV podcast network out there run by Andy uh, Andy Burke. 
uh, let me not, I'm not going to mess up his, his last name. Andy B. <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll see, I'm sure you've seen him around mm-hmm. or you will see him around, but um, he's, he does, uh, the, he hosts or, or, or kind of lords over the DC TV podcast network and they have a podcast for every single DC show out there. And um, so he approached me as soon as, as soon as Superman and Green Lantern got announced, he approached me um, about him. And uh, I'm like, look, I'm a Superman hater. But I'll, I, I'll absolutely do Green Lantern, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not really Superman. I, I have there's a hate love relationship with Superman. But um, fair enough. But yeah, I'm a, I'm I'm definitely a big Green Lantern guy. So I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm down for Green Lantern. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> so from there, I went and we went together and kind of put together the team, the uh, the crew. Yeah. You assembled your own Lantern Corps. Right, people right. To come together <laughs> and do the podcast. You all sit there and try. Now we got to come up with the oath and in the ring. Right, the right. It's all over with. We need a ring that represents us. Mm-hmm. I want. I was. I was wondering if, if on that show we should do. I was thinking about doing an intro where, like, one of us says, "In, uh, you know, like in in in, in, um, in brightest day," and it's another one comes in and says, "It's dark in darkest night." Um, I think. I think there's enough lines in there to we can where we can each get a line mm-hmm. and then we can all say um you know be, be wearing my power, green power green like, like, yeah. yeah but uh I, I, we'll, we'll see how that goes we'll see how that goes yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> so mr robinson is here today we're definitely in mr robinson's neighborhood for the two of you in the audience to get that joke you know, <laughs> uh, everybody's gonna get that come on and, and if you don't get that joke it's okay if you do get it hey laugh with us uh Anyway, so I just wanted to, first of all, as always, uh, always like to, you know, he got a chance to get in there and start chopping up with him, and I appreciate that. But first thing we always do, uh, we like to tell, um, we like to get those origin stories out there. And so I know yeah. everybody can't be with their uncle painting and then all of a sudden get bit by a radioactive spider. You know? <laughs> everybody is not a Marine that ends up getting the ring from another um, alien and ends up becoming right. John Stewart. But... <laughs> Everybody has an origin story, so you know, like this to share yours. Maybe where you were born, grew up, things you geeked out to as a kid, things you enjoy even to today. You know, just different things. Just take us kind of down a walk down memory lane from your beginnings to now. Right, right, yeah. Um, well, I mean, I was born military, military brat. You know, <laughs> I was I was I was born in Alaska, so that, that's thanks to the thanks to the mil- military. You know, I get to. I get the Eskimo jokes and stuff like that. I'm just kind of like, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was born in Alaska. Um, I mean, I've always, I've always kind of like geeky stuff. He's, my mom, you know, asked her to buy me the, the stuff off of the comic racks and, and the, you know, off the newsstands and stuff like that. Like they don't have them not like that nowadays anymore. Um, but they used to have them like on, you know, the newsstands and stuff. Um, and this is, you know, I'm, I'm nineties, you know, I'm a nineties, I was, I was born in eighties, but you know, as far as like actually reading comics and stuff, very much nineties kid, um, X-Men, Spider-Man, probably the first things I remember very closely followed by like Batman. And then oddly enough, at a young age, I was reading Spawn, which is not a kid's comic in any way, form or fashion. Not at all. Um, <laughs> but I got spawned very, very, really early on in life as far as reading the comics. I mean, there was, I mean, man, it was, it's heavy. I don't know. I didn't really think much of it at the time. I was just like, wow, this is, I mean, I remember thinking this is real. Like, this is like really some, some serious stuff and this mm-hmm. is kind of hardcore. But I mean, however old I was, 
was I nine? Jeez, it was it was some pretty hardcore stuff. Yeah, <laughs> reading at that age. Yeah. I was um, a teenager when Spawn came out. I'm sitting there going, "It was hardcore for me." <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. Like Spawn, Spawn is some serious stuff. Um, I, I'll, I'll never forget the first, the first arc, uh, where with the the violator. Um, no, no, not the violator, not the violator. What's what's his face? It's been so long since I read it now. Um, there was Chapel. There was, of course, the clown. No, 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 no. It okay. was it, it, no, no. It was the it was the first arc with. I'm trying to remember his name. Ah, uh, man. But anyways, he was a he was an ice cream truck uh, driver who like kidnapped oh, kids. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I remember um, about this Billy something. Yeah, it was Billy. It was Billy. So I'm trying to remember. I keep my, my brain keeps wanting to say Billy Batson, but I'm like, no, come on, that's that's Shazam. Like, <laughs> all right, no, it's not his name, it's, but it's, it's, yeah, it is, it is Billy something. But uh, I'll, I'll watch me remember it later um, after the podcast. But in any case, yeah, I read Spawn when I was younger. But um. So I used to do that, but like when I really picked up comics for real was um was like uh it was it was around it was like around nineteen ninety nine two thousand ish when um Unbreakable had just come out and um which is a very comic heavy themed movie heavily themed movie Bruce Willis and and um <clears throat> uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel Jackson, yeah, uh, <laughs> I was like Jules, <laughs> you know, uh, but no, yeah, Samuel Jackson. Um, so I, my, my dad dropped that off, and he's like, "Hey, you should watch this pretty good movie." And along with uh, Secret Wars, nineteen eighty four, um, Secret Wars, and I was kind of like, "Wow, all right, let's let's do it." So I, like, I watched the movie, and I, I know, like, I kind of kind of reinvigorated my my comic book. Uh, uh, joy mm -hmm. <laughs> or what have you and then um of course that secret wars sitting right there so I like i like binge read the entire secret wars and um that's my first time reading secret wars too um so that really got me like super into it like super i, I think it was like the perfect book for it too because secret wars is not there's nothing in t it's, like, it's like a standalone kind of story you know you don't it doesn't really you don't really have to you have to really have to know where the characters are at you know it's you know it's battle world is created by the beyond or whatever um and it's very it's 80 so it's like in the middle it's like not super new it wasn't like like the comics that were just coming out during that time which is probably stuff like you know i, I remember i remember um onslaught had just ended because i was reading those and my dad was grab, grabbing them and i remember uh like thunderbolts was 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 uh coming out um so it was older than that stuff yeah. so getting kind of the that taste of comics after just watching that movie it was like the perfect combination to dive me all the way in the comics from then on i was like, all right comics is gonna be like like i'm doing this you know because <laughs> the stories are just too good you know like this like i just love the art form and of course over time i mean i still i still love and read superhero comics all the time it's like it, like kind of your first joy but over time i've kind of gravitated away from main i won't say away from superhero comics but like i i very much find a lot of joy in reading non-superhero comics because it's because it's like another take on the art form that originated from superheroes. You know what I mean? It was another, mm -hmm. it was another style of story. That's why Watchmen was so big for me. Because it wasn't like it was like there was superheroes in it, but it wasn't. It was not. It was superheroes in a very raw form, you know. No. Um, and when I started reading stuff like that, I was like, okay, this is this is the kind of realness, you know. And early and a lot of early Batman stuff was like, wow, this is. I didn't realize Batman was like this. You know, you watch the animated show, it's like superhero Batman, cool. Animated show was like one of the best things ever. But when you look at Batman from some of the early writers, uh, or, or I would say 80s, 
I won't say earlier because he's been out since the 40s. But um, <laughs> looking at 80s and, and, and uh, some of the 90s Batman, you see like a, a kind of a real person behind the mask. Um, mm. And, you know, so, that's, so that kind of really got me into the, into the comic world. And, and you know, I just love the art form, you know. I, I love the art form. Mm-hmm. By the way, the person that you were thinking of is Billy Kincaid. Kincaid. Oh, Kincaid. that's what it was. Kincaid. Yeah, yeah it would have definitely come to me. <laughs> it would have it would it would have definitely come to me afterwards. Halfway through, halfway through, you know, he, he goes to sleep and then like three in the morning he just wakes up. It's Billy Kincaid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll never forget the scene where he shows where we're where, where spawn um in end of an issue. He you know, you find out that he's dead and he and he's strung up by spawn's chains with uh um popsicle sticks. Mm-hmm. Um, all lined up and stabbed into his body. I'm like, oh wow, that's that's a scene you never forget. <laughs> yeah, Spawn, not for children. Yeah, not not, not a kids, not a kids book at all. Uh, I should have known too when I when I when I snuck as a kid and found the you know the Spawn TV show, um, like the uh, cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um, found the, the video cassettes my dad had. I guess he'd take them off of TV or whatever HBO or whatever it was on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I watched some of those, and I was like, oh, wow, this is even more hardcore. than." Well, in some ways, it was more hardcore than the book. Um, definitely a lot more sexually uh, graphic things on the show mm-hmm. than in the book. But, <laughs> but I think the book was more violent, and the show was more sexual. Yeah. <laughs> as it's far as, like... We're on HBO. We can do that. Right, right, right. You know. Um, but, I mean, all in all, Spawn is just not... I mean, that's a really... That story's freaking... It's it's it gets out there. Todd McFarlane, I think they're doing a special look this weekend because we got Comic Con at home, and so yeah, yeah. Uh, they're doing a big special on Todd McFarlane. Over two hundred books out, you mm-hmm. know, with this character, it's one person, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, so when are you gonna do Eric Larson's? Because I think he's at two fifty with that. Uh, yeah, yeah. If you're gonna talk about characters that have been consistently done by indie people, there you go. Mm-hmm. Because especially when you look at that image creation. It was really the question of, will it work? Mm-hmm. Because this was the first time you really saw a group of artists break for the big two and say, we're going to do our own thing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, with Dark Horse, I think Dark Horse got a did its own thing, but I don't think it was like a group of artists and writers from the main two that came together to do it. Right, right, yeah. So, yeah. Image was definitely a groundbreaking thing. They uh, were, yeah. um, they were in a lot of ways. They were the, uh, they were the initials of an independent comic movement that really pushed out a long way. Right, right, right. So, that's yeah. That's why it, that's why Image is, is is commonly seen as the third, you know, in line yeah. of uh, the big companies. You know, and you mentioned uh, the Spawn cartoon that was on HBO. One of the things I loved about it was Keith David as the voice of. Spawn. Oh yeah, man. Keith David to go from Goliath to that, I was that voice. Like, <laughs> right, he killed that voice. Killed and then that voice. I mean, he's that, such a good voice actor. And then I think if somebody was telling me, I thought it was Keith David. Whatever they did it, if you remember the Xbox game, remember what Sunday did? I think it was Soul Calibur mm-hmm. Three. And you had um, people and Spawn was on there. Yeah, it was. It was two. It was two. It was Soul Calibur Two. Soul Calibur Two. Yeah, I, play, I played Soul Calibur Hardcore. That's the only reason why I remember that. <laughs> that was one of my main games. But uh, but yeah, he was two. Matter of fact, I remember. I remember specifically Spawn being a difficult character to use. So I, I purposefully, whenever there's a difficult character in a game to use, I, I, I purposely try to figure out how to use them. So, so in Soul Calibur, it was uh, Ivy and Spawn. I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to figure out these characters because they're, 
they must be good because they're hard to use. And, and yeah, for, sure enough, Spawn is very good if you know how to use them. The axe, that axe, man, he could do some damage. Yeah. Oh yeah. Quick. Yeah. And he was he was in between. Um, he was kind of a middle, like he was he was like he was like a heavy hitter. Mm-hmm. He was like um middle with speed because he had other yeah other characters in the game like Astroth or Nightmare, who were heavy hitters but they were slow. Mm-hmm. But Spawn had it was like a medium, like to heavy hitter. So he would hit you pretty hard, but he was also still fast. You just have to know you just have to know his um his combinations to to make him get his attacks out quickly. So yeah, Spawn was Spawn was nasty in that game. Mm-hmm. Very much. So. <laughs> I mean, I definitely like the Xbox. I don't think I even owned an Xbox. I think I probably was a PS PS PlayStation baby. Right, right, right. <laughs> but when it came to you know that game, I was like, okay, do I go get an Xbox just to play this game? And then I found a buddies that would have Xbox. <laughs> so I just yeah. made sure. In fact, go play Soul Calibur. He's like, yeah, why do you want to play Soul Calibur so bad? You're not that great at that. I'm like, I don't care. I want to play a Spawn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, all right, so we're going to shift out of there into another gear real quick. Uh, yeah, just talk a little bit about how we, how we got the opportunity to see Scorpion come to be. Or Scorpio. Oh, I said Scorpion. The Scorpio, I know better. Uh, <laughs> I know, you're good, you're good. It's like, Scorpion, Mortal Kombat. No, he's like, Mortal Kombat. <laughs> it's the yeah, guy yeah, who's talking about fighting about games. That's what it was. That's what he's talking about fighting games. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Scorpio. Um, so, how, how it came to be or how it came, how, uh, how we got started, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I know I wanted to do a comic series, and the idea of the Zodiac was always kind of floating around in my head because, um, I don't know. I, when I think about things, I think about like what is in our real world. What is elusive, magical, mystical, otherworldly to us? You know, and it's, astrology is one of those things. Um, and apparently, it's, it's very strong in some people too. What, what I mean by that is, some people like you know, you got you got different uh, levels of of people who uh who indulge in astrology you have those who are you know just very casual like oh let me look at my horoscope or you know whatever uh, and then you have those that that really look at you know horoscope they look at stuff up all day you know they kind of follow it you know to help, to help them guide guide them on their way throughout the day and i and it just kind of astonished me this kind of mystical level thing that has no real religion attached to it. It's not like it's not like it's a religion. It's not like it's more of an idea. Not even a, it's kind of an ideology, but not even that. It's more of just like this mystical-ish mindset that people um, believe, or or at least on some level indulge in. So I was like, let let's take that something that could be attached to everybody, and let's put it in a comic and, and give it some more mystical um, power. You know. Uh, so, so that that was that was the idea behind Scorpio is that you know the the, the, the tagline is everyone has a sign, um, and it's true. I mean, whenever whenever I talk to people about Scorpio, the first thing they ask is, um, you know, they, they go, "Oh yeah, my sign is you know I'm a Cancer. What does Cancer do? Or I'm a Sagittarius. What's what's you know what's going on with Sagittarius or, or you know or what have you?" So, so um, yeah, that's that's how Scorpio pretty much that's how Scorpio came about. <laughs> All right, so with that, it's interesting that the tagline is that everybody has a sign because that makes sense when you think about it as far as just, you know, if you have a birthday, you have a sign because it's linked to your birthday. 
<laughs> right. And right. some people's signs are weird because it's certain dates within a month. So sometimes mm. it won't necessarily break down. Just if you're born in September, sometimes like if you were born from September here to September here, you're this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, just, it's like it's like seven days in. Mm-hmm. Um, like cuts. I think it cuts like seven, seven or like seven or eight days mm-hmm. in. Um, but yeah. And so you took that. And you said, okay, so I'm going to create these characters mm-hmm. based off of the different signs. Correct. Correct. And so when you do that, so tell, can you tell us a little bit about some of the characters? I mean, of course, I know you're working on book three, so I don't want you to give any, quote, spoilers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. It won't be any spoilers or anything like that. Um, so, so the idea around the book is that there's 12 relics, and each of these relics have a power uh, associated with them. Um, now, where those powers and whatnot come from originally, blah, blah, that, no, that's that stuff you find out <laughs> mm-hmm. throughout the series. Um, stuff that hasn't even been released in issues one or two yet. But, um, but in any case, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's very much, it's very much uh, powers that are attached to relics. And if you're of that sign, then you have the powers associated with it. So for example, Scorpio has uh, the sword of shadows. Um, you know, in some cultures it was called the devil's tail and it has all this mythology and whatnot behind it. But um, but the sword of shadows is what it's called in present time, and it's it's like it's basically a sword that allows you to control shadows. The blade is made of shadows and allows you to control the shadows to an extent, um, and that's what uh, the main character of the story, Danny, has. Now, Danny gets, you know, he 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 gets this weapon from his father. You find that in issue in issue one, um, but he wants nothing to do with it. He kind of runs away from it. He he. Um, he he runs. He's running a company. He's, he's a young millionaire. He, he's got his, his his siblings to take care of since his parents have passed away, and he's just kind of like, no, I don't. I'm not wanting anything to do with this power. Um, so he kind of hides it away in the shadows. Um, <clears throat> and of course, there's people that are looking for it. <laughs> so uh, these other people come and and they and and they come. They they, they basically uh, they find out that he has it. And he gets caught in the middle of this big war, like, like a secret war that's been going on over these relics. And one of the interesting th- things about the story is that, you know, there's not any one characters attached to the signs. Now, you'll, you'll see characters as, as the book, you know, uh, spreads out. You'll see, okay, Shakti, she's the Herald of Libra. Um, so she's the, like, so she's like seen as the Libra character. And she is, very much so. Um, but if somebody were to take those away, who was a Libra, and put on the bands, then they would use, they would have the power, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, of course, there's experience and all that, you know? Shakti has far more experience than, than uh, a brand new Libra who has no idea what these powers do. Um, so there's that. But, but, but it's very much, a, a, it, it's very, whatever it has, the relics has the power, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of, there's, there's some interesting things you can play off with that too. As the story goes on, you'll see um, the two main characters, Danny and Naomi, who you meet in issue one. Also, uh, you don't find out her name until issue two, but uh, a lot of people are like, who, "Who's who's Naomi?" And I'm like, "Oh, you already met her." And I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, you, uh, you you'll see as, as they go on that, um, that that both of them are Scorpios. So it's almost kind of the idea of well, who ends up with the relic and you know that kind of thing. So. Okay, and so one thing that I thought was interesting in there is that you mentioned that he gets the sword passed to him, but he doesn't want it. Right. So he doesn't want to do it because he has things he has to take care of. It kind of feels, it, for those of you who may or may not know, there's this idea called the hero's journey. Yeah. <laughs> and so part of the hero's journey 
involves the person having a life of comfort, having that life disrupted somehow, and then mm. not wanting to assume <laughs> whatever the thing is. It's the it's the Luke Skywalker, I want to go to Tashi Station moment. <laughs> you know, I don't the need to, Yeah, I, I don't need to go. No, I don't need to clean the insurance. I was going to go to Tashi Station with my friends and get these power converters. Like, <laughs> and you realize, like, had he gone to Tashi Station, more than likely, mm. the galaxy would have been gone. Right, right. You know, it's those moments where we make the decision. You know, you always say, well, you know, what if he gone to Tashi Station? That would have been the shortest movie series ever. Right. Yeah, you know, and that's the idea. So you, it's interesting when you have a hero in a story that does not want whatever the responsibility is that comes with it. It's like, and then he hid it away in the shadows, which is the very element that they control. <laughs> right, right, right. Itself. So there's an interesting play there. So you went to there and you, you talk a lot about that. Now, I love the artwork and stuff. So if you don't mind, let's shout out the people who are involved on the team that create Scorpio. Ah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, um, and so the the first issue there is uh, the the original uh, line artist from the first issue uh, did change. Now that was Caesar Oliveira. Um, did an excellent job in the first issue. Um, definitely appreciated his work. He had, he had like in between issues when we were getting ready to switch over. Um, he, I mean, he was he was getting hit with other work and he was getting busy. He was only signed on for. For one, I mean, I would I would have liked to go you know forward with you know future issues and stuff with them, mm -hmm. but um. I mean, he had to go, so we, we adjusted. Uh, the the colorist is Viviana Spinelli, still the same colorist. Um, Vivi has been probably one of the greatest additions to the team. She's been she's been amazing. Um, I mean, I found her online, and then we I mean we started talking about the series. Um, she was very she's very accommodating. She's very invested. You know, she very much wants, wants to be involved, and I, and I love that. Um, despite how busy she gets with with her work sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, She's a colorist, but she also does. She's, she's an animator. She does animation work. So, mm -hmm. um, her, so, so her colorists are her flatting. She she does flatting for um Doctor Who actually. So mm -hmm. um, even though there is a main colorist on Doctor Who, she does the flatting before it goes to the to that colorist. Um, so yeah, Vivi's been a great uh, a great asset to the team, and she actually helped me find the the current artist, which is um, Marco Zuffrenieri, and, and Marco's been amazing. I freaking I love his art. It's really. It's really um, like his extremely clean uh, inking lines, um, and uh, it's just it's just it's really really well done. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely appreciate the team. And um, and and Andrea is the editor. I met her in between one and two. Didn't have an uh, editor for the first issue. Always get an editor. Don't be like me. I didn't get an editor for issue one. Um, I should always have an editor always through all the way through. It, it definitely levels up your your book because they're they're going to catch things that you don't catch. It's inevitable. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter how good you are. If, if freaking Neil Gaiman, the genius that he is, has an editor on his novels and his comics, you can have an editor on whatever you're working on. Exactly. Um, so um, yeah, she, she's definitely, I mean, she caught simple things that I didn't think about, um, and, you know, in issue two and three and going forward. So, um, so yeah, yeah, she, she's a huge asset to the team. And, um, and yeah, we, I mean, we pretty much, we pretty much are, we're, all, we're always talking about details. We're always talking about what direction we should go. We, we talk about marketing. I mean, I, I hit the marketing and everything off, but I always defer to them. They do their help. You know, uh, the artists come up, even though the artists, they're not focused on marketing primarily, but they'll come up with ideas sometimes. Like Marco recently gave me an idea uh, for, for a cover that's coming out for volume one. And he actually separated all of the characters out who are on the cover into their own pieces of art. 
so that I can release each character individually mm-hmm. to, just to tease before I release the full cover with them all on there. And I was like, that was an excellent idea, you know? So, mm-hmm. so stuff like that is what is, is that's, I mean, that's how you know that you're blessed to have a, a, a good team. So I definitely appreciate them and all the work they've put um, in on this. So, so I yeah. Remember, yeah. I remember when Marvel was releasing one of their new Avengers books <laughs> And they had a picture. They did the same thing where they had the group picture with like Spider Man and Luke Cage and all these different people. Mm-hmm. But what they did was beforehand, you had the ads in the book where mm-hmm. it had the A in the background, it had them in it. And mm-hmm. it was like the question was, why am I an Avenger? Right. Uh, yeah. 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 And so then you had their reasons for becoming Avengers. And then what mm-hmm. was really cool was some of them even ended up being quote taglines from the book. Right, the, right, right. That they would actually say in the book, just not in an isolated situation. Right, exactly. Yep. So it's really cool. I think with Luke Cage, it was something like, I do this to protect my family and my future, my family's future. Right. I, then, I think that was, was that no, that was the Avengers no something. I can't I remember so. what the arc was called. But yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah. So that was really interesting and cool. And so we go from Scorpio. Now, before we go from Sophie, I do have another question. How far do you see the story going? Because I know at some point, you know, you're going to want to serialize it, put it possibly in a trade format, maybe, uh, <laughs> then keep going, or, or does it have an infinite, does it have a finite end? Is it a short series, you feel like? Is it something that can go longer? Um, there's definitely, it's definitely a long range series. I, I plan to go on for a good while with it. Um, it's planned out. I mean, I don't, I don't have the ending written. I know that I know the ending, what what happens, but I don't have it written like to the end. Yeah. Um, but like it's, I, I have it planned out all the, already to at least seven, eight issues. Okay. And, which means it'll go further than that because I know yeah. that yeah, those are, I have I have things written out to there and it's not the end <laughs> at that point. Uh, so there there will be several volumes. This third issue will mark volume one. Okay. I think it's a good. That's a good, uh, not stopping point, cut but a point. good okay. uh, cut point. Yeah. Yeah, um, because I think that I think having three three issues and you know a, a good beginning, middle, and end, I, I think this this does the job of that. Um, and it gets you kind of introduced to the characters, the main characters, um, and then you start to slowly meet the other signs as you go on. Uh, and that's one of the things I really picked up in the series as I went, as I read, uh, or sorry, wrote, <laughs> read, as I wrote <laughs> um, some of the things that I rewrote. Or, or added to or revised a little bit was introducing the other signs more quickly. That was, that was one of the big things because a lot of people were asking about, you know, when, when is, when is my sign show up? When does Leo show up or whoever? Um, so it's my goal to try to introduce at least one sign, one new sign, every issue, mm-hmm. um, sometimes two, even if it's just a cameo. Um, and number two, you, 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 you learn, you, you meet Libra in a big way. And you get a cameo of Capricorn, okay. and, a, and a similar thing happens in issue three. Um, I won't tell you who yet, but <laughs> we get we'll see uh, some some other signs in three. And I appreciate the fact that with the character designs, you didn't go with the obvious route of, well, we've got this sign, and this sign is normally known as the Ram, so we're going to create a full blown <laughs> Ram outfit for this person or something. Yeah, right, right. right. <laughs> you know, even though there's stuff in their designs that incorporates those things, mm-hmm. it's very, it's not on the nose, but it's something like if you're like, oh, wait, I wonder if that, you know, you kind of get that, maybe right. that could be. You know, yeah. 
it's very subtle. Yeah, I, I like subtlety. Um, I, li I like to do little subtle things, and I like and I like culture to be a big part of it. You see, Shati, she's um, Indian, and a lot a lot of her culture is are, is in her clothing more so than the more so than the Libra. Like she doesn't have like a giant Libra symbol like tattooed in her forehead or anything. Right. right. <laughs> but but you but if you look closely at her at the bands that are on her arms, those are the Aegis bands. That's the Libra. Well, they're so they're called the Aegis bands, but the original name were the Libra scales. So uh -huh. she has them on her arms. And um, if you look, if you ever get a close look at them, the Libra symbol is on the bands. Okay. Um, so yeah, yeah. So and I appreciate that because what that tells me is is that when you're and when you're working with your team to design the characters, because mm. you you think about okay, well this is the reason why this character looks this way. This is the right, reason why right. this character looks this way. And so it's a lot of it sounds like there's a lot of research there too. Mm -hmm. really good because it's it, you're talking about the fact that you love the culture of it being able to bring culture into where the different walks of life that the people have so oh, that's yeah. really important too from the writing aspect because you think well mm -hmm. you know uh when you talk about a character you don't want that same character itis to happen where it's like you got <laughs> eight characters but they're all pretty much gem the holograms right uh, right <laughs> you know case in point i was i was watching a video on that a while back and i actually found on tubi I was like, these girls are pretty much all the same person. Right. Except for the main <laughs> character. And the main character is pretty much Hannah Montana about 20 years before Hannah Montana became a thing. Right. With a hologram and earrings instead of her changing clothes. Right. Which, you know, if you're going to do that, it's like, it seems to make more sense that you would just put on a different outfit and become this other person. But, mm. you know, 80, 80s holograms, you got a hologram stuff, you know. That's right, a new right. thing. You know, you had that. But, so, and I appreciate the, 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 the real work that is going into your characters. And oh, so yeah. that, that's, you know, that's pretty awesome to see that. And so we're going to roll from there into the podcast that you do, because you do a podcast as well. Mm -hmm. um, you, you do more than one, but we'll talk about this <laughs> one first. Um, so breaking the fourth wall. Yeah, uh, or beyond, beyond, beyond the fourth wall. Beyond the fourth wall. I don't know about yeah. the breaking the fourth wall. Well, breaking, 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 breaking is a, down, breaking that's down a common, right yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a common, that's a common term. So um, I'm not mad at that at all. But yeah, yeah, beyond the wall. So it's basically a, a writing podcast where I talk about different aspects, technical aspects of writing. Because um, I like to really, I, I like to really dive into how to do a thing. Because writing is hard. I mean, at, at the surface, it's kind of like, oh, you just write. But it's, but it's like, it's a lot more. It's, it's obviously way more than, oh, I just write. It's um like what do you do when you just write? Like how right. do you actually accomplish that? Um, and I don't really know all the way. I yeah. don't. I mean, it's like oh you have a book. I guess I trust me. I still know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like uh, you know, there's, there's a lot. There's a lot you study. Even when you study, it's hard. It's even harder to apply. You know, um, you get it. People get inspired. I get inspired by watching a good TV show or reading a good book or something like that. But um, even though I'm really inspired, it's still not me that did that. I have to figure out how they did that right. <laughs> and then do that. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to look at somebody's thing that they did and like, oh yeah, I, I, I could totally do that. And you probably can. It's not, you know, but at the same time, you have to, you have to kind of take a step back and go, okay, um, I really, I, I need to, I need to analyze how this thing is done. So that's what that, that podcast is about. It's about analyzing how a thing how different parts of writing are, are done. I usually bring on a, a writer of some sort on the podcast. I've had, um, you know, writers like uh, Joe, Joe Illich, uh, excellent guest, and Brian Hill, 
uh, excellent guest. Has become a pretty good friend of mine over the over, over the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, great dude. He's written some some great stuff on Marvel. Um, super helpful. Super helpful guy. Um, uh, you know, uh, uh, I, I've, I've had um, Rob Jeffrey on there. Um, I, I, I even had uh, Joe Lindsay Walton come on there. He's a he's a writer who does who is also a he's not an economist, but he's he studies economy to the extreme. And so we we, we actually talked about uh, science fiction and fantasy from the from the standpoint of economics and how you can implement economics into your writing. Hmm. And it was oh such a great topic, man. Um, so I like to do stuff like that, yeah. uh, and, and you know just just unique, unique interesting aspects of writing and how to's um so yeah i always i, I always look for different writers I, I just i just reach out and and see if they want to come on and talk about the craft you know okay okay and i really appreciate it i'm gonna show a book here this is one of the books you actually recommended this on one of your episodes oh you yeah about how to write uh, comics <laughs> words for pictures yeah well by, by brian by brian michael bendis yep <laughs> I, I, I can't talk y'all really i can't uh, <laughs> I think it was the Brian, the Brian that was messing me up. But so what are some things that you would recommend uh, other than me just saying like, hey, go listen to this podcast though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but just some things you'd recommend for people who want to write. Because I have friends who are either on one end of the spectrum or the other where you've got like like my co-host, for example, they're, mm-hmm. you know, brother team. And so like one brother is writing a story, the other one is doing the art for that story. Mm, and yeah. so it's an interesting concept there. And mm-hmm. it's, it's a, it has a lot to do with like roller derby and other things. But, <laughs> um, so it's just really cool. But anyway, so what kind of things do you suggest for people who are on the writing end as far as trying to formulate ideas? Because you're right. Even when you do it, like I've written, <laughs> I've written 10 children's books. I'm not a master at writing children's books, but it is stretch of imagination. And so we, you know, you know, so we were thinking about writing and things like that mm-hmm. and inspiration for things like that. So, you know, what are some things you'd highly recommend for that? Uh, like books or, or. It could be a mix of books. It could be a mix of if you, if there are other podcasts out there, perhaps you listen to. Because we all oh, got you, when, got it comes, you. when it comes together. I mean, like that I was and, and now I know what I was saying. That's what I was trying to do. I was trying to get back to what I was talking about before that happened. <laughs> yeah, I got you. I got you. So so like my mother comes up one day and you know, I handed her a few of my books, you know, because you want your mom to have your stuff. Right, right. You know, and <laughs> at the same time, my mother, you know, will claim that she never goes on Amazon, but yet when I gave her my books that day, she had an Amazon package, so go figure. <laughs> so it's like, you know, well, mom, you know, she was like, well, you ought to be making money like Stephen King. I'm like, well, first of all, you understand Stephen King had over 200 proposals that never got picked up before he actually got signed to do one book, right? Like, <laughs> right, right. You know, and he's like, well, yeah, but no, no, it's not a but yeah situation. Like, mm-hmm. It's not that easy. I've written 10 books, 10. He read over 200 that never did anything. He didn't have, you know, Amazon CreateSpace or KDP or whatever. So right. he could self-publish. He didn't have access to a lot of that then. And so, but the other thing about it is, it's like, you know, you can do a thing mm-hmm. and you never know what thing out of that is going to be the thing that takes off. Right, exactly. 
You yeah. know, and also I said, this is me building my fan base. I said, a really good way to help me do this, mom, since, since we're talking about stuff, uh, why don't you talk to people about my stuff? Right. You know, you know, people that got kids, you know, kids, you right. know, talk to them about <laughs> it. Tell them, hey, look, my kid writes, you know, children's books, man, go on Amazon, they're on Amazon, go check. I said, I shouldn't have to advertise nearly as hard as you advertise for me. Right, right. And yeah. I mean, that's, what, that's, that's what it comes down to is, like, if your stuff is, like, well, first family, you start your family. Ask them to tell other people about your stuff because you have no fan base to begin with. Your family is going to automatically be your fan base for the most part. Right. Um, well, if you guys are in good graces. But, <laughs> but yeah, for the most part, your family is going to be your fan base. And then when people start to read your stuff, they go, oh, this is good. Then they tell other people about it. And then you start to create a fan base and, and mm-hmm. you know, and it gets out there. So it takes a while to build up. I mean, there's so many writers out there. Um, and then, of course, if you do get picked up by a company, that's when your fan base really explodes because now you got somebody backing you. Right. And they're telling other people that you're good because they're like, oh, they, they published them, so this must be good, right? So they, you know, they, and then your fan base really explodes. You know, and, there's, and there's always going to be people, like the rejection thing, is, it's, a, it's a part of life. It's a part of writing, especially. It's a part of writing life. Um, you're going to always, always get rejections, you know? Um, and you just get used to it. And it's all the people who just doesn't like your thing. Mm-hmm. Your thing just won't be for some people. Some, sometimes people don't, won't think that your thing is for them. I had a friend of mine. Um, I'll, I'll say his name. He's, 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 he's my buddy. Okay. And I, there's nothing against him. Uh, Chris, uh, Chris Thomas, Th- Thomasma. Tomasma. Is it uh-huh. Tomasma or Thomasma? I think it's Tomasma. That, that sounds like how you pronounce it. I always read it online. I never have to actually say it out loud. Uh, but Chris Tomasma. Um, you know, I asked him a while ago, hey, you know, we're, we're already cool. Like, hey, you want to check out Scorpio, read it? And he goes, ah, man, you know, like, honestly, I got to be real with you. I don't think it's my thing. I don't think that'll, that doesn't sound like I'm something I'd be interested in. I don't really cover the Zodiac like that. It just doesn't really think, I don't feel like it would be my thing. Right. No problem. Like, you know, um, and that's kind of like a light, soft, honest rejection, right? Um, if you're talking about, it's just an example of rejection I'm giving. Yeah. Um, um, you know, I was like, whatever, it didn't really, it didn't really bother me too much. I was just kind of like, oh, man, Chris is cool. I wish I would be cool with our stuff. Well, later on, Recently, actually, I have a friend had a Kickstarter. Um, uh, Kat, Kat, Kamal, uh, Kat Kamalia had a Kickstarter, and uh, for her, for like daughter, like father, um, or like oh sorry, like father, like daughter. I think I think it's called. Um, and she, one of the perks she wanted to add onto the Kickstarter was like the first fifties or something backers would get a free digital package of like other indie books. So uh, I was one of the people she reached out for that, and so people got like a free copy of Scorpio. Well, Chris backed it and he got a free copy of Scorpio. So I guess he was kind of like, oh, well, this is, you know, my bud's book. Let me, let me check it out since I got it for free. Right. So he read it and then he got back to me and he goes, yo, man, it's like I know before I said I didn't want to read it, I think I'd be interested, but this is pretty dope. <laughs> so, I'm totally into it now. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that, that, that's, that's kind of my way of saying, first of all, rejection happens, but then it can always flip, it, you know, on the other end, you will always have other people to like it or sometimes the same people. And then, on the other end, um, it's good to sometimes give your thing out for free, yeah. um, especially if you have more than just that first issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, free is good. Free is not you losing money. Free makes you money. Right. Because now, I'm, I don't know whether Chris will back me or not in the future, but let's just say he likes the series enough. There is a much higher chance now that Chris or somebody else in the future, when I come up to Kickstarter or the next issue, whatever, now will buy that future issue because they liked it. You know what I mean? So yeah, free, 
giving something to somebody for free is probably a good idea. And not only will he possibly back it, but he'll tell other people about it too. Right, right. And that's yeah. the thing. He'll be more happy to go out and be like, yo, man, I was wrong about this book. Da 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 da. It's like I had Dirk Manning on the show a while back in one of my favorite comic book stores in Houston. Uh, the owner there, he were talking one day and he was just like, you know, I love Hope. Hope's great. You know, and he's writing, he was writing another book called Haunted High Odds with Twisted, put the members of Twisted in the book. Ah, Basically, yeah. if you take, you know, Scooby-Doo, but make it twisted, you know, yeah. literally. It's kind of like two ghost hunters that are not necessarily real ghost hunters, but... Mm-hmm. And so she was just like, I don't know if I can carry this. I don't know if anybody in my store will, will really get into it, you know, because she, mm-hmm. she has a more conservative, a little bit more conservative base in her store. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, I tell you what, let me send you the first copy. Let me let you read it. And then right. if you decide you want it, you get it, get it back at me and I'll get the rest to you. If you don't, mm-hmm. No harm, no foul. We ain't really lost anything. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, she got the first book, laughed her head off. She was just like, I <laughs> she said, it's basically a just it's a stoner humor book. She's right, like, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she goes, Okay, so how many do you want? And she was like, Well, let me do that. And she just started ordering those books too. Right, right, right. Nice. So yeah, it was crazy. And that's how it worked. I mean, I, I appreciate the fact you talked about the people who may not like your stuff initially may come back to love it later. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, and that's pretty important. But uh but yeah, so at this point, let's talk about perhaps some books you've read or podcasts that you listen to that may help writers write better. Because we right. all know we can get stuff to write better with. Um, so for, for podcasts, uh, definitely top of my list is Writing Excuses. 15-minute um, podcast. It gets to the core, the heart of whatever it is you're talking about because it's only 15 minutes. And it forces them to get the heart of what they're talking about. They don't have time to dilly-dally around talking about random stuff. And that's why I love it. I mean, it's such good information on the podcast. They always have different guests. It's such a variety, wide variety of cast members, um, diverse variety of cast members. They hit the hard topics that people want to talk about. I'll never forget when they talked about colonialism. <laughs> and they hit, uh, and it's, you know, some of the hosts are white and they were hitting it just as hard as, as the other diverse hosts. You know, so like really, really diving into um what you should be looking at your writing, different different angles to to take your writing, kind of like that. The, the earlier I talked about the economics thing, it's a, it's a, it's a it's a unique angle to look at writing from. But when you open your mind up to these different unique angles of writing, then you automatically come up with different ideas and ways of telling a story. Um, I'm sure you heard the quote that all stories have been told. It depends on just the way that you tell it, and that is I don't know how true. So 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 true. I'm reading a zombie story right now. How many zombie? Movies, books, TV shows are out there. And this one's completely different. Dread Nation, 1800s, Black woman bounty hunters. Like, completely different. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, and it's zombies. <laughs> so, uh, there's, 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 there's always another way to skin a cat. Uh, you just gotta, you yeah. just have to find the angle that's, that's best for you, you know? Well, you know, and it's funny that you mentioned that, too, because I thought about, as soon as you said that, I thought about uh, Harriet Tubman, Demons Away. Oh yeah, yeah. My boy boy David. (laughs) Yeah. By the way, you got something to talk to you about after this, but I'll keep that off of here. Gotcha. Uh, But uh, because real cool thing. So, but when I interviewed him, one of the things he talked about was he was watching a documentary on Harriet Tubman, just Mm -hmm. you know Harriet Tubman in Africa, watching a documentary, and Mm -hmm. then somehow or another he flipped from there to like zombie movies. (laughs) <laughs> and then from zombie movie to like a vampire movie and then somewhere in the process he got this idea of what if Harriet Tubman 
saddled vampires in her era of time. <laughs> like, and I'm sitting there going, like, that idea sounds like an idea I would have, just not the same characters in it. Right, right, yeah. Like, when I was young, I, I always had the question about Santa Claus. I had, I had all these Santa Claus questions. And my mom was just like, will you just go over there? Just go do something else. <laughs> I got time for all that. So then she's like, take, you know what? When you got a question, take this notebook, write the question down. And mm-hmm. I did. I filled up a notebook with just questions I had about Santa Claus. Right. And then over years, I was like, well, wait a minute. If he was a spy, he would have access to this and this and this and this and this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then eventually and that became what I wrote later, which was obviously Santa's a spy. <laughs> because oh, if like the that. characters, yeah, if you've got the characters that are like, so I got Krampus over here as the main controller of the main bad guys who, you know, of course has his own folklore. Mm-hmm. And then you have uh, the, you know, different characters like Rudolph is 30-30 from Brave Star, basically. <laughs> and yeah. just all these other characters and stuff. So it's just this interesting thing in my head of how do we get from here to there? Well, here's how we start. Right. And right. so we go through there. So I uh, hadn't quite got to the point yet. I, the goal was to try to do a Santa Claus story every year, mm-hmm. but do it at different times of the year. Right. So that way, like, each story isn't coming out on, like, in December. Like, oh, maybe do December one was the first one. Maybe mm-hmm. come out with one, say, in April. And then right. do one the next year, say, in August. Yeah, that's and a good then, way to stay consistent, too. Yeah. You know, the final one would come out in December, and it would come back a full circle. Mm-hmm. A year in the life of Santa Claus. You know, kind of different <laughs> that he has. I like and that. So, that's kind of that way. But the, so, it, it, and it's interesting, you know, you, you, and I appreciate the fact that you talked about this show. You said that, give me that name, title of that podcast one more time because I'm going to have to oh. go check them out. Yeah, uh, write, writing excuses. Writing excuses, okay. Yeah. A yep. 15 minute show, 15 minute episodes dealing right. with a lot of stuff, it sounds like, because I mean, you talked about, you know, colonialism. And then you, <laughs> I'm just like, bro, I'm already there. Like, if I wasn't recording a <laughs> podcast right now, I'd want to go listen right now. Right. No, no, they're, they're, they're great. They're a great podcast. And they, and they get into the technical aspects really deep. Um, they hit them hard. Um, they, and they always they always end with like a homework. They give you a homework to do. And they go, um, well, now you're all out of excuses. So now go right, you know, or something like that is their ending line. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I love, I love them. I love them. Okay. So anything else you'd recommend for people who could use some help for writing and getting better at their writing? Yeah. Um, if you're, so, so if you're writing, um, Comics, also uh, specifically comics. You wanna like he, so he gave you words with pictures. The other book I highly, highly recommend is uh, Scott McCloud's Understanding Comics. It is oh, by far yes. like the central core of all thing comics when it comes to creating comics, and it's for writers and artists. Uh, it's just about the craft, the conceptual craft of comics, and it's just so great. Um, another thing I'd recommend is Panel by Panel. Um, which is, which is, uh, it's by Hassan, I think it's Ahmad, is it Hassan Ahmad or Hassan, Hassan O, you'll find him online. If you look up Hassan OE, you'll find him online. Uh, he also does a show called Strip Panel Naked on YouTube, which breaks down comics in great detail from an artistic point of view. Um, he's also an, an incredible letter in comics. He, he does books like Mars Attacks and a bunch of other things. So, um, yeah, uh, panel by panel, sh- uh, strip panel naked. Um, what else? When it when it comes to and when it comes to just writing in general, 
I mean, I'm all over the place. I, I just look up stuff online. I, I watch YouTube. I mean, my YouTube recommends like, I don't know how many different writing channels because I'm always looking up <laughs> writing stuff. So I, sometimes I'll just like end up on random things on YouTube, just learning how to do the craft. And then, and then of course, on my podcast, when I interview these guests, I learn from them right. when, I, when I'm talking to them. You know, like I, I really do. Like, like Brian, every time I talk to Brian, like every time, like literally people know before we actually podcast, every time I get Brian on to do something, um, we end up talking for like two hours before we even talk. <laughs> right 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 and uh and every time i learn something because the dude's brain is just so incredible so i'm i'm, I'm bigging him up a lot but he's a he's a really good dude really i mean you can see why he's an incredible writer mm-hmm. um so yeah yeah i mean like honestly that's how i learn a lot so i mean yeah i mean listen to the people on my podcast and what they have to say and, <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure you'll learn something you know yeah well also too another thing i'd highly recommend is in a world with social media reach out to people that you admire. You know, yeah. you may not get an answer. You may not get an answer at all. I mean, I, I tell somebody one day, I said, the worst thing I can get is no answer at all. Yeah. I'd rather get the no. And I can, I can accept the no real quick because then that just means, okay, I'm going to move on. But if I never get the response, that's right. the part that's horrible because then it's then you're, like, you're, well, you're wondering, uh, do I hit him again? I, or do I, I, do, do I ask? Yeah, did I ask him <laughs> wrong the first time? Did I say something to offend him? I don't know. Right, right. So, but yeah, those are the things. So uh, I appreciate you really sharing that because that's really important to get that heartbeat of what makes people better. Um, right, right. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, like, uh, just so good stuff. And it's also good to talk to other writers um, mm-hmm. because I know, like, for example, I got to get on a call with you a while back just with, just with writers, you know, talking with writers about different things and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that's really important. Find a community of people. If you're part of a community of people that write, whether it be for comics, whether it be for books, whether it be for whatever, if you're writing for cookbooks and you got a group of people that get together to write for cookbooks, so that's <laughs> a writing set, a setup, but it's, you know, it's needed. You can have book cookbooks without people that wrote them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, find those people, find that tribe of people and really get in and start working on it because you'll find, you will realize quickly that you've been involved in a master class and didn't even know it. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You got to connect. You got to connect with people. <clears throat> yeah. So we've gone from we've kind of gone through you know everything with that podcast. Now you got a hold of the Green Lantern podcast. We're gonna talk about that and maybe talk a little bit about your love for Green Lantern. <laughs> Where yeah, so the Green Lantern podcast is is um so it's headed off by uh, well the whole the whole DC TV um podcast it's, it's it's headed off by andy uh man i don't i do not want to pronounce his last name right i've never had to say it we'll just call him andy <laughs> we'll just say andy b that it's it's easier that way <laughs> okay. uh, i want to say it's bibok but um bibok or something like that but i'm just gonna say andy b it's easier uh but yeah he he approached me about the green lantern podcast he said hey we want to you know I know you're busy, well, you know, you do a lot of things, but I really want to get involved with something. And I think the Green Lantern podcast would be a good idea. And I was like, yes, let's do it. Uh, so um, after he got me, we went out and searched for other podcast guests. I got Foxy Jazabel. And then shortly after, uh, he, he found uh, Ryan, Ryan, or Ryan. I was always going to say Ryan because where her name is spelled. Uh, and, um, and then we got, uh, uh, Tony. And so we all, we all came together on, on, on a podcast and, um, 
we we love Green Lantern, and if, because we're in, we're in, we're in kind of a series zero, we're reading like hella Green Lantern. Like the only comics I'm reading right now are Green Lantern. I, I think I took a quick break to read the Old Guard again because the movie came out, but then I went right back to Green Lantern. And I was like, <laughs> so we've been like reading crazy Green Lantern right now, and um, it's really like Green Lantern a long time ago was like one of the characters that I thought was kind of lame in the comics, anyways. Um, right. that it was cool in the shows, like you know. Justice League Unlimited and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I always thought that the portrayal in the comics were lame. And I still believe that before, <laughs> the portrayals of Green Lantern in the comics were, by, there's some good stories, but by and large, it was kind of lame. It was kind of, okay, green powers, they could do anything with their green powers, and they make like, kind of these rinky constructs sometimes. And I'm like, this could be better, right? right. And uh, I know it sounds crazy, like, oh, you're a Green Lantern podcast co-host, and you're trash Green Lantern. Yes, I am. <laughs> because the old stories were not that great. Um, they just weren't. Until... I- yeah. <laughs> until there's there's some stories in the 90s like mosaic with with, with john stewart um you know the, the emerald twilight with how jordan um and then he had the fall of how jordan i don't even want to get into that oh jesus christ i don't, I don't want to get into how jordan's fall and, and re-rising but anyway uh <laughs> you get into the whole history and then you, you you get to 2004 and and um jeff johns gets on and when I tell you, we, you know, you know, let's go to hip hop for a second. You know, everybody talks about you know, who, 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 who's a rapper to save hip hop. You know, some people are like, oh, it was Jay Z. Oh, but Jay Z was already in the game. You know, like you know, because hip hop was dying in the mid two thousands, and you know, people, oh, it was Kanye West because he came with all the beats, and Kanye, you know, Kanye's in a sunken place right now. But back then, you know, Kanye, you know, he he came he came with all the beats. You know, he you know, or it was Ti because Ti held it down for the South. You know, or whatever. There's all these different people who come out. Oh, they saved hip hop, whatever. And it was kind of like, well, who really saved hip hop? Not everybody was saying they saved hip hop, right? Well, if you equate that analogy to comics or DC comics specifically, DC was not having the best time in the 2000s. They weren't horrible, but they weren't, there was nothing really exciting going on. And then Jeff Johns came in and bruh. <laughs> like what he did with the Green Lanterns to revamp them. Well, and, I guess and, and, and introduce the to introduce the uh the other the other cores, Black as Night, the first lantern, to re-solidify uh John Stewart's story. I mean, just back to back to back, rewriting or not really rewriting, but re re-clarifying origin stories, back to back to back to back. They just nailed Green Lantern to where it became one of the most interesting things for me in DC. Like to me, Green Lantern holds together all of DC's cosmic because DC's cosmic. Like, it's kind of like before you just got like dark side and then it was like, all right, all right, Brainiac, okay. Like, I mean, really, that was it. Like, you have dark side and like Brainiac. I mean, there's, I mean, you got any monitor and all that stuff out there. You got, you know, Crisis. The new guys. Yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, but yeah, the new guy, I mean, that's, that's dark side still, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's in his realm, right? Um, <clears throat> so, so, so you get all that. But it's kind of like, I don't know, like, like their, their cosmic just seemed kind of, I don't want to say lackluster, but. I don't know. Um, it just, I didn't, it wasn't really that intriguing to me. But then when you introduce the Green Lantern Corps post 2004, after Jeff John gets on, now it's like this new thing. You know, it's like this, like the, the core is more solidified. It was always a police force, but now it's like really solidified is this police force, it's these other cores, and then this emotion, emotional spectrum that makes up the energy of the universe. And it's just, it's just awesome, you know what I mean? Like you can't really, and, and then it ties into other characters' stories. I mean, he fixed, he partially fixed how Jordan's fall and rise with with introducing the entities and parallax. Mm-hmm. Parallax not as just the, 
how Jordan is a villain, but Parallax is an entity, like a being, like a, a monstrous being. being. That you being. could control people based on fear. Right. And then he didn't just do Parallax. That's what made it great. He came out with Ion. Uh, uh, because well, well, uh, or, 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 Ion, and then Ophidian, and then, and then you have like Entity, like the White Lantern Entity, mm-hmm. and and, and uh, Predator for for the Star Side. So you get all of these different entities that kind of that kind of show up and and represent the power of these different cores. And um, yeah, man, like I, he, he killed it, man. Like he yeah. he really he really for me made the Green Lanterns good. <laughs> you yeah. know, now I'm actually like really interested in in reading like lots of Green Lantern stories, and then new characters and shoot the newest one. I won't even get on N.K. Jemison how incredible she is as a writer. Jesus, she's like, is is that there's a new Green Lantern character that was in a book on her own as a woman? As a, yeah, that, that was N.K. Jemison's book. Yep, okay, that's what I was talking what's about. The, what's the name? What's the name of that book? It's called Far Sector. Probably okay. the best Green Lantern book I ever read. <laughs> I need to get it. I, I've heard a lot of good things about it, but I need to get it. Just it, I've been trying to expand my. Uh, I'm gonna just put it this way. I've been trying to expand my black side of trade yeah, and stuff for a while. Right, so right, like right. I picked up like Bitter Root and I picked up some other books and things. Like oh, Bitter Root's like, incredible too. Try yeah. to really get in and get because it's like that. As much as some superheroes, like I'm starting to realize as I get older, it's just like there's certain things that as a kid I really got into a lot of those characters with, mm-hmm. but I don't really get into those characters that way anymore. It's not because mm-hmm. they're not black, it's just that I can't identify with them. Like, there's mm-hmm. not the ideals, like when Superman was about truth, justice, and the American way, it really mm-hmm. kind of wrote him out of that vein, you know, back in the early well, 2000s and stuff like that. It's just, I don't identify with that a lot as much. I, I, I will say something that superhero comics has done over the years. And, and this, this, is a, this is a shot at people who say, oh, I don't like superhero comics or I don't like Marvel and DC um, or comics are for kids. This is a shot for all of those people who haven't read a comic in over 20, 30 years. Um, it's not that way anymore. And it hasn't been for a very long time. Maybe the big events are because they're big events. A big Avengers event is going to have the Avengers fighting a giant monster. Of course, that's what it is. It's, you, you, it's there, right? But comics, if you look at anything beyond the surface, if you dive anywhere below those big giant team fights, yeah. what writers are doing now and have done over the years and what Spider-Man has always done. I say Spider-Man right. specifically because mm-hmm. Spider-Man, Stan Lee, the reason why Spider-Man and Stan Lee is so popular and Spider-Man is so popular is because Stan Lee understood how to tell a story about a person, not a superhero. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we, X-Men, Spider-Man, the fans, even Fantastic Four as a family, well, uh, they, he, he talked about who they were as people and not who they were as heroes. And over time, writers have only leveled that up. So the superhero stories you read nowadays are not about a superhero stopping crime. Yeah. Now you have a superhero dealing with depression. Now you have a superhero dealing with being a mother. Mm-hmm. Now you have um, a, a superhero uh, dealing with the black girls who are kidnapped and they don't talk about it on the news. Now you have superheroes dealing with school shootings. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm referencing very specific books right, right yeah. now. These, right, these right, are right, this, right. this, you know, this, this is, this is She-Hulk. This is this is this is Riri Williams. Uh, Dude, this is um, de- I think it's She-Hulk is, deconstructed. Is Hulk. Oh my gosh! Hulk, well, Hulk, Hulk, the current Hulk, Hulk Im- Immortal Hulk, right now, 
is the is the best book right now in Marvel stands, anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, Immortal Hulk, you know, dealing with dealing with well, Hulk's always dealt with identity. You know what I mean? And if it, 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 honestly, even if people read Hulk for real, like again, uh, beyond the surface, a lot of these people who are who are making these remarks about I don't like Marvel and DC or I don't I don't comics are for kids or I don't I don't like that stuff. They are not. They have not read past the surface because if you read Peter David's Hulk, he was doing it back in the nineties. Hulk is always about identity. Who am I? How the do I dark, fit in? That, that dark Hulk <laughs> thing when you find out it's his dad. His right. dad was basically a dark Hulk, and so that's why you had all these fractured versions of him. It's because he was trying to deal with the compartmentalized stuff of his life. Right. From the there's all who beat him. I was like, oh. these, these superhero stories are no longer just about superhero stories. It is about, yeah, they're powered. Yeah, they save people and stuff like that. But it's about how these people navigate life. It is very, there's very, there's far more of a human aspect to it. Mm-hmm. And that's why newer Superman stories are, are, are getting better. And it's becoming harder to write Superman because he's so powerful. But like you get stories where he, where he has a family, him and, Lois and John, you know, like th- this stuff. Yeah, you still have Lex out there doing his thing, and he fights some giant thing, and you got the big fights and all that still going on. But like again, surface level stuff. If you really read these comics, if you're an actual comic reader, you will see the comics are not your snapshot picture of what they were back in the '80s or the '70s yeah. or whatever, you know, or even the '90s. <laughs> yeah, it is year, so much more than that. Yeah, this year, in the last year, beginning of this year, I uh, picked up a book, uh, and I can't remember the name of the author, but the book series was called Superman Smashes the Clan. Oh, and yeah. Where, <laughs> and at first, I'm like, what is this about? And I looked at the initial pictures and the previews, I was like, what is this about? Because mm-hmm. I was just like, Asian kids versus the Klan? What is, what, this doesn't make sense. And right. not until I started reading the first one, I was like, wait a minute. So the Klan was going after Asian people at the same time in New York at the same time they were going after yeah, black people in the you South. Le- you learn things, man. This stuff and is I knowledge. Like, I didn't <laughs> know that was a thing. So then I was just like, oh. Right. <laughs> and I got the, ended up getting the whole thing. And like now apparently there's some rare super trades that like they put together that certain shops only got like maybe one or two of. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just like, oh, I've got the individual issues. I think I'm okay. I don't have to have that traded. But there's a part of me that wants it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but it's just like, um, I didn't realize how powerful it was, man. It was like such a cool thing. So I really learned a lot. Because at the end of each book, they broke down the history of like the radio show where they talked about that. And how mm-hmm. the different things that went through back in the 30s and 40s that they went through to deal with those things. And how it helped deal with clan, clan influence even in the South. That the radio play started getting played all over the place. And so people yep. started to put things together to try to work. It, it, I'm just like, dude, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> know. And so like, I think I, I think when the artist, the, the writer was on, um, the writer was on Instagram one day and I messaged him. I was just like, hey, I just want you to let you know, I learned so much mm-hmm. about the Klan's activity as an African-American guy. I said, I didn't know what was going on. When I first saw the initial artwork for it, I thought, this is a joke. Like, what the heck is going on with this? Right, right. It's kind of it's a little cartoony kind of yeah. art, at least on the cover. Yeah, then, I, I, didn't, I didn't read it yet, but yeah. yeah but then when, when, when he really started going, like I said, at the end of each chapter, he goes into like history, like when his dad moved to New York and how his mm-hmm. dad was treated by people in the neighborhoods and how they were ostracized. Even right. though his dad worked as an owner of a business there, he wasn't regarded as somebody who could walk beside a white business owner in New York because mm-hmm. they all they looked at him and saw was an Asian man and so they disregarded him. 
Right, right, you know, right. I was just like, man, bro, I didn't even know. Things <laughs> you learn and just really grow on. Uh, now, one of the other things we talked about before this, raising Dion. Uh, oh, we, yeah. We, yeah. We had spoken about that a little bit, so I just wanted your thoughts on that because I remember watching that, I think the first week it dropped. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there's a lot of emotion here. Oh, yeah. Just a little boy and finding out he's got these abilities. and But at the same time, they don't – I was really glad that one of the things they didn't do – and I know it had its own errors. There, was, there were moments where I was just like, eh. But <laughs> overall, I really enjoyed the fact that this little boy was still a little boy. Right, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's probably the best aspect of the show to me. Yeah. Um, right. And supposedly we're getting a sequel at some point. Yeah, I think there's going to be a season two. Looks like. I mean, they gave a cliffhanger at the end. Uh, yeah. And actually, it's been it's been confirmed to have a season two. Um, it was it was confirmed on you know the, when you get at the end of uh, at the end of season one, isn't it? Yeah, at the end of season like well, you know Netflix. Yeah. You know when whenever they get confirmed a season, when you're done with the season or something. Yeah. Like Netflix will give you a little headline. Hey, by the way, season two is confirmed. Yeah. <laughs> Great marketing, by the way, on their part. <laughs> so you know to look for it in the future. Tell me more of the story. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, Raising Dion, I, I thought it was good. Um, like, I, I struggled through it at the beginning because I thought the writing was a little weak at some points. Um, and, and it was a little weak. But, but, the, but, the, but the themes, the themes were, were strong in, in, in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, excellent origin story for a character. I mean, I would love to start off. I mean, I mean, you never really, you always see these characters get their powers. And, don't get me wrong. I, so I love, like, Static is one of my favorite superheroes, right? Um, and then Miles and the new age of, mm-hmm. of young black superheroes. Um, but Static and Miles speak to me a lot because they're, they get their powers as, as teenagers and they got to figure their, their way out around life. You know, as a, I mean, Spider-Man does it too, I guess. But I, I, don't, I don't know, like Static, like I didn't read Spider-Man. I didn't read the original Spider-Man like when it first came out. I was already, he was already an adult when I was mm-hmm. reading him. You know, but, um, but Static though, he was, a, he was a kid. He was still in high school. You know, he's, he's got a girl he likes. You know, he's got a, he's got a girlfriend or... Oh, initially a girl he likes <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, same thing with my, but um but i never really thought about well what if you get these powers if you're younger than that you know and um and the show i think i think dion's like six six or seven yeah yeah six or seven yeah seven maybe um and i'm like wow this is in, this is incredible and then, he, and then he's incredibly smart kid um He's autistic. Well, so I believe he was autistic in the show too. He's definitely they said autistic. He was autistic, yeah. Definitely autistic in the comic. Uh, I, I, believe, I believe they're going up for autism in the show. Um, um, and then, and then, and then his, his friend, uh, her, her name is escaping me. Um, the little girl in the wheelchair. Yeah. Why is her name escaped? Uh, Esperanza. Esperanza. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, uh, which I found, I found that she was on Twitter too. I was like, she was, she's randomly like saying something. I don't know. It was kind of funny. I just had finished watching the show. And I, I randomly see a tweet of hers. I, was, I wasn't even following her, but I followed her. And, I, and, then I, and then I went to Twitter and said, why is she not verified? Like she's a actress. Like, what are you, what are you doing Twitter? Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but in any case, um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, I thought, I thought the show had really strong family themes and it really hit on the black mother, you know, uh, raising a, raising a young boy, um, you know, the, the struggles of doing that, worrying about your job, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, she's worried about getting him to school on time. And, you know, and then, and then like, as you find out the twist later on in the show, you got to think about who's watching your kid and, and stuff like that. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, and that so twist, really, kid, that twist was a sucker punch. Oh yeah. That, that hurt my soul, man. I, I, I wanted it to not be so bad. Like I, I wanted it to, you know, I don't, don't want to spoil it on here for anybody who's not seen it, but I wanted it to not be true. 
I, I was just like, oh my gosh, no, don't let that, don't let it be that. <laughs> you know, but uh, it, it, it was it was that. So, so yeah, yeah. I, I mean, again, I, uh, I think I think it was a a great show. Like when I finally finished, I'm glad I finished it. Um, again, some of the writing could be a little stronger. Just like a little. There's like some filler stuff in there that felt a little unnecessary or a little shaky as far as the storytelling, but it was all right. It wasn't like horrible or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I appreciate you coming on. I know we're we've gone a little bit over on time, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, but no I just wanted to you know just wanted to come back and respect that time. So listen, yeah. uh, Mr. Robinson, Mr. Mr. Robinson the fourth. Uh, thank you <laughs> for coming on to another conversation. Dot 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 dot. Before we let you go, though, I would like you to let the people know where they can find you in the land of social medias and all that stuff. Right, right, yeah. So, first of all, for Scorpio, you can find Scorpio at ScorpioComic.com. Uh, just visit the website, ScorpioComic.com, or you can go to FourthWall.net. That's also my podcast. Remember, Fourth Wall is I-V-W-A-L-L, so Schwartz with the Roman numerals, mm-hmm. uh, Wall.net. Um, you can also get to Scorpio from there as well as the, as well as the Scorpio, uh, or I'm sorry, well as the Beyond the Fourth Wall podcast. Um, you can also find it on Facebook, um, uh, facebook.com slash Scorpio comic. Twitter, I'm at Fourth Wall, I-V-W-A-L. And um, on Instagram, I'm also, you can probably just look up Fourth Wall. I'm, I'm, I'm very scarious right now. That's my online name in general. But um, I need to change the at part so that it's, you know, it's synonymous with my Twitter or not synonymous, it's uh, identical to my Twitter. Um, so yeah, uh, please, if you have the chance, go look up the comic, and yeah, just so right. find me at. So go support Mr. Robinson on his journey, as he <laughs> continues to create awesome comics, as he continues to do awesome podcasts with a lot of different writers and everything <laughs> else, and continues to talk about Green Lantern until he's blue in the face. <laughs> uh, yeah. By the way, favorite Green Lantern real quick? Uh, D- John Stewart, definitely. <laughs> yeah. I love like I, yeah. I didn't even know. You know, everybody talks about the the especially right now in the times we're in. A lot of people are talking about the Green Lantern, Green Arrow run, where they kind of go off in the seventies and they're kind of trying to go around mm-hmm. the world, around America. Brave and the Bold. Brave, yeah, I don't remember if it's Brave and the Bold. It was just oh, where they were going yeah. around. They were going around America. They had that famous scene, and there Neil Adams was the artist on it. Oh, okay, I got you. With the with the black guy, it was just like you know, well, you know, you go and save these purple people, and you go save the red man, but you know, if you ever done for the black man, and then all right, the, right, yeah, they go around <laughs> trying to, you know, Green Arrows pretty much kind of going, see, see what you do when you bust the bad guys. If you're not careful, yeah. you're gonna create worse situations for everybody else down here. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, you're loaded. You can't you just go do stuff for the people down here? And why do you need me <laughs> to do this? Right, That's right, the right. we should be having. But anyway, uh, I love John Stewart. The only reason I'll almost give Kyle Rayner a second is because he was an artist. And so he mm-hmm. had a lot more creative constructs, especially when he oh, first yeah. Kyle Rayner is definitely my number two, yeah. And so Kyle's definitely my number two. Other than well, Kyle, then again, I like Jessica too, though, so that's, <laughs> that's hard. I don't, know much, I don't know much about the newer Lanterns. And so that's yeah. something I'm definitely going to have to, I'm definitely going to go check out Far Sector. Mm-hmm. check that out uh, but as far as that goes i mean yeah probably john and kyle yeah yep. so uh the only reason why i would ever love guy gardner is just because he got punched in the face by batman once <laughs> guy gardner is the lovable a-hole 
Yeah. You know, that, <laughs> that, and apparently him and Blue Beetle and Booster Gold did a practical joke on Marshall Manhunter where they took away his chacos. And apparently oh, my. It, it Choco was, tacos. The tacos. And it was yeah. a, it was the episode <laughs> of like the you know, Martian Manhunter mainline book where they mm-hmm. took all the chacos out of the city. And so the longer he went without chacos, apparently, like he became basically the Hulk. Yeah. And yeah. It was ridiculous. And Batman comes out and basically says one of the greatest Batman lines ever that I didn't even know existed, which is why I, I don't think they traded that series. Something starts to break down to find a single issue. But where he looks at John Jones and says, you're a junkie, John. You're a Chaco's junkie. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's wild. Yeah, when Batman tells you you're a junkie, it's over. Like, yeah. there's nothing you can do. But anyway, so everybody listen, do me a favor. Hit up Mr. Robinson at his social media links. If you're a writer out there, if you're trying to do things, listen to Beyond the Fourth Wall. You will learn some valuable stuff. I know I have personally. And uh, <laughs> check out the recommendations, man. It's really important stuff. You know, you, you want to get out there and do your thing. Like I said, whether you're writing children's books, novels, um, fiction, nonfiction, cookbooks, I don't care. Yeah. You're writing, you know, you're going to learn something from them. So trust me on that. Anyway, guys, as always, thank you so much for listening. I greatly appreciate you. Hit us up on the Facebook on conversations about dot 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 fan group leave voicemails if you are on the anchor link which is anchor.com.fm and you want to leave a voicemail let us know about things do that and then above all else guys do me a favor as always be blessed be a blessing to somebody take care this episode is powered by poddex 